the Steelers by the Lake podcast. My name is James, joined once again by my co-host Cody. Cody, how you doing this fine Friday evening? Oh, James, I am just fantastic. Going to be starting my new job next week. Got to go drop off my work vehicle in San Antonio tomorrow morning. Bright and early, 8 a.m. I got to be there, so I got to leave at like 6.50. Actually, that's a good thing. I got to look at where I got to drop that off at. Anyways, I'm doing good, James. How are you doing? <laughs> good, good. Don't forget always, to talk into the mic, Cody. I always we lost gotta, you for a moment there. Yeah. <laughs> I always feel like I got to explain just more than I need to. I just kind of talk. That's okay. <laughs> hey, man, it's... All I know is that we're going into another weekend here where I feel kind of optimistic about the possibility of a positive result going into the game. But before we get too far into this, we've got November to talk about. Uh, Steelers by the Lakes November numbers to be specific. Uh, starting off with the top downloaded states for us. Last month, number one, big surprise, Pennsylvania. Number two, Texas. Cody's new home state, Texas. Let's go. I uh, have numbered. handed I have handed our, our cards out a few places. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah, must be helping. Uh, number three, Colorado. Number four, Florida, and number five, Ohio. Ohio falling off the the top leaderboard there. They've normally been one or two, quite consistently. Uh, so yeah, that's exciting. Looking at the countries, uh, top three countries we're going to talk about today. Number one, USA. USA. Here we go, World Cup, because we don't care about, because uh, we care about football, and y'all call it football, so go USA. Anyways, uh, number two is Canada, <laughs> and then number three is the UK. So, yeah, woohoo! I wish they broke that up a little fun, bit. Fun, 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 man. We'll take it. Yeah. Uh, so don't forget if you have a uh, option to do so, or if you don't sign up for it, uh, Pro Bowl voting has begun. Minka Fitzpatrick. Leading early on here in the free safety category for top free safety in the NFL. Nice to see that he's getting that kind of recognition uh, as far as the uh, public vote of opinion at this point in time. Uh, hopefully he'll get right back into that Pro Bowl after having one year off from it. I think there's a few Steelers ought to be in it this year. Uh, yeah. But I don't think any from the offensive side, maybe. <laughs> if anything, if he has a big second half of the year, um pat Fryermuth, if anything it'd have yeah, to be it have to I be a pretty thinking, explosive second half yeah i think probably the closest right now is Najee, just because he has six touchdowns yeah uh but nobody else is really putting up big numbers yet but yeah i agree if Fryermuth has a big second half and most importantly gets a number of touchdowns because that's where he's really his numbers aren't bad right now he just yeah. only has one touchdown on the season uh, Pickens too. If Pickens goes off and gets like five touchdowns in the second half, you never know. He might sneak into it. Uh, but I think that's our three best hopes on offense is Najee, Fryermuth, and Pickens. On defense, though, I do believe uh, that Mika should have some some people in there with him. I think Alex Highsmith uh, and Cam Hayward are both deserving of going with him this year. Uh, and if TJ can keep pouring it on, you never know. Maybe TJ gets enough votes, too, just based off of clout and whatnot. I mean, in the short amount of time he's played, he's got, like, two interceptions, a couple forced fumbles, and it's only, like, three games he's played. So yeah. <laughs> it's high quality, but he seriously needs to put a bunch of sacks up that many chance. Yeah, so with the win that Pittsburgh had last Monday night against the uh, Indianapolis Colts, or this previous Monday night, whatever, um, Mike Tomlin is now 19 and three on Monday night football games, which is a fantastic Ooh. record. 
And Pittsburgh actually ties San Francisco for the most Monday night wins in league history, which is also pretty interesting. I believe that number is 56, if I'm not mistaken. I'll have to, I'm 90% sure it's 56. Um, so yeah, really cool for both Mike Tomlin and Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, with that being said, this, you got something. That 19 and three is second best in NFL history for any head coach on Monday night. Followed by, or only behind who? I think it was like Ditka or somebody only had one loss. He was like 11 and one or something. Dang. He didn't even play enough yeah. games. It was, Should, there was only one count. coach and whoever, <laughs> yeah, whoever it was, was only like 11 and one. And uh, it, the win percentage is close enough yeah. that if Tomlin gets a couple more wins, he's going to pass him. So nice. Very nice. And I think we'll definitely have more Monday night football games with, with Tomlin behind the helm. I don't, ex- I don't see him going anywhere in the next few years. Unless he decides no. to hang it up, which no, I don't. Which I don't think he's going. I to. I don't think so either. But again, you never freaking know. Uh, but this week we play the Atlanta Falcons, so we're going to talk about that real quick. Atlanta Falcons injury report and Steelers injury report. Now the Steelers injury report is extensive. You have a bunch of guys, however, that are full participation <laughs> and limited participation for practice. I'm going to go over the guys. James, do you want me to do Steelers and you do Falcons? That's fine. Okay, so real quick, the guys that were limited participation on Friday. Najee Harris with the oblique injury. Uh, You also had TJ Watt with a rib injury. He's been limited all week, probably just taking time off. He's listed questionable for the game, but more than likely will play because it's freaking TJ Watt. Um, And then Isaiah Loudermilk didn't participate at all, and neither did Akilah Witherspoon. Isaiah Loudermilk with a personal injury and Akilah Witherspoon with the hamstring injury as well. Akilah Witherspoon will be out again this week. That is the only person that has a game status as out so far. Now, the rest of these guys have been full participation on Friday. Should be a go more than likely for Sunday. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick with a rib injury. Robert Spillane with an oblique injury. Miles Jack with a, uh, with a knee injury. Mason Cole with a foot injury. Again, we saw him leave last game and not come back in. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi with a toe injury uh, was full participation on Friday. Again, wide receiver Miles Boykin, which is great for our special teams. Uh, and James loves to talk about that. Jalen Warren, full participation, but listed as questionable. And then also Benny Snell with a knee injury. And then Cameron Hayward with that contusion to the birth certificate. So that's a rough one. That's, a, that's the hardest one to deal with. It is. Yeah. Tough to overcome. Mm. You know, that yeah. doesn't really heal up from one week to another. It does not. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of gets worse. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, uh, so like Cody said, really the only person officially ruled out a killer Witherspoon, uh, but Jalen Warren and TJ Watt both listed as questionable, which means everybody else they're pretty much expecting to play. Uh, I am hearing that Jalen Warren is probably a little bit more than questionable. Yeah. He's probably very likely to play. Um, and I, I guess we'll kind of see as far as um, – this is Najee Harris, man. I mean, I, I don't know, man. That Today was the first day that he actually practiced. Today being Friday, Friday when we're recording, of course. Uh, and he was limited today, and he didn't practice all week up until then. Uh, so that does concern me a little bit. Obviously, they didn't list him as questionable, which means they're fully expecting him to play. Uh, but I wouldn't expect him to be a full – if he does play, if he does dress – I would expect him to probably split snaps pretty evenly between him and the other running backs. And it might be a full, like everybody gets a split today. Yeah. It might be like he gets a third, 
Jalen Warren gets a third. Benny Snell gets a third. Yeah. Uh, but with all three of them being injured, I don't know, man. It it almost feels like you might see Anthony McFarland get called up again just because he's the only healthy body in the room. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, but no movement on the practice squad this week, so uh, we haven't seen anything yet. We'll see if DeMarvin Leal gets called up before the game. Uh, kind of doesn't look like it. He has until the 7th to be taken off of the IR or we lose him for the whole season. Uh, there hasn't been any rumors of any setbacks. All I've heard is that DeMarvin Leal is going full go in practice. So he seems like he's ready. They're just waiting to see if an injury pops up with somebody that might need to go on IR and make room for him. Yeah. Uh, on the Falcons side of things, uh, as far as their injuries on Friday, outside linebacker uh, Arnold Ebichetti, uh, formerly of the Penn State Nittany Lions, if that sounds familiar to you, uh, has a forearm injury and was limited in practice. Uh, defensive lineman Jalen Dalton with a toe and was limited. And then offensive lineman Chuma Idoga uh, with a knee injury did not practice. Uh, they're calling all three of them questionable. Probably the least likely to play is Chuma Idoga, yep. uh, being that he did not practice at all. Uh, who knows with a forearm injury on a pass rusher? Ebiketti is either a defensive end or outside linebacker, depending on how you classify him in their defense. Uh, but pass rusher with a, a bum forearm, that might not be an easy thing to play with. Yeah, and then two guys that aren't listed maybe for year, on your end, Cordero uh, Patterson is mm -hmm. was not just basically resting. No injury t designation, but resting. And then obviously Kyle Pitt, their star tight end who is, uh, was recently put on the IR, had to get surgery. So Kyle Pitt is, uh, Pitts will no longer be playing either. So that's going to do it for the yeah. injury report. Now it's time to look at the Falcons team as a whole. Yeah, yeah. The list I'm looking at had uh, Cordero Patterson sitting on Wednesday, but practicing Thursday and Friday. Okay, it was unlisted uh, so, online, so that's weird. Yeah. Whatever, he practiced. Yeah, so I think he's he should be good to go. Uh, and honestly, he's a pretty dangerous dude. Somebody they need to keep an eye on. Uh, that running back room in general has had a lot of success for the Falcons this year with him. Tyler Algier, Avery Williams, Caleb Huntley. They're all capable running backs, and it's a team that loves to run the ball. Uh, so important that Pittsburgh comes to play as far as their run defense. Uh, but even at quarterback, Marcus Mariota, very mobile quarterback. Uh, so something that will be a nice dress rehearsal for Pittsburgh with Baltimore coming up a couple times in the future here, and even that final game against the Browns with Deshaun Watson now back. Uh, there's some very mobile quarterbacks coming up in the second half. Um, Got to get that push on the inside of the defensive line because you know we're going to see T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith collapse in the pocket on the outside. If the quarterback's got somewhere to go, you won't get the sacks. If he has nowhere to go because you're getting pushed on the inside, you'll be sacking a guy like crazy. So Sack City oh. in Atlanta, baby. It sure would be nice. Uh, wide receiver-wise, first-round pick Drake London, or was he a second-round pick? I don't know. He's I believe top, London top was draft pick. I believe London was uh, late first round, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I know he was a high pick. I don't remember if it was first or second, uh, but he's a starting wide receiver for him, along with Ol Olomide Zacchaeus, uh, and then Carterell Hodges, uh, Demir Bird. These guys are backing him up. Uh, so there are some wide receivers, but there's not really a like true number one that you got to super worry about. 
which might be a good matchup for Pittsburgh secondary because that's how, kind of how their cornerback room is. Uh, not not a true number one corner anywhere, a bunch of good number twos. Uh, so we might match up well against these guys. Um, tight end room, they've got like five dudes listed. They have Kyle Pitts as the number one, obviously Kyle Pitts the super talented tight end who is on the injured reserve right now. So we don't have to worry about him. Yeah. looks like you got something to add. Drake London, eighth overall pick last year. Okay. I thought he was a first rounder. Yep. Um, Parker Hess, Anthony Ferkser, Michael Pruitt, and Felipe Franks, former quarterback yeah. uh, turned tight end is uh, the tight end room. Uh, so again, with Kyle Pitts out, there's a bunch of dudes. Apparently they love to run two tight end sets. Uh, and you got a bunch of no names, but Pittsburgh's been struggling stopping tight ends. So very important that they're on top of that, uh, but it's a run heavy team. This could be the kind of game that uh, Robert Spillane kind of excels in. He's got a habit of doing that against heavily running offenses. Uh, you want to talk about the offensive line, Cody? Yeah, let's take a look at this offensive line. From left to right, the starters are Jake Matthews, Colby G- Gossett, Drew Dahlman at center, Chris Lindstrom, right guard, probably their best offensive lineman, and then Caleb McGarry at right tackle. Uh, None of these guys super stress me out. The Chris Lindstrom is probably their best one, but again, um, if I remember correctly, Lindstrom has only been in the – he's still in his rookie deal, Um, so still fairly young. 26 years old out of Boston College. Um, Good player, good guard, but again, this offensive line doesn't – frighten me too too much especially if our defensive front can come out and perform well i uh, would be super excited to see that um looking at the defensive side of the ball uh defensive front specifically they have three they run a three four so they're gonna have three down linemen grady jarrett abdullah anderson and Taquan graham uh abdullah anderson and grady jarrett probably the two best defensive line guys they have um obviously they're starting but i'm not super worried about Taquan graham uh, those two guys can definitely apply pressure from inside or outside. Abdullah Anderson typically lining up in the middle. And then you look at the four linebackers. They have the two outside linebackers, uh, Edetokounmpo, Ogundeji. Deji? Sure. I think you're pretty spot on there, man. That was pretty good. Thank you, sir. I was like, James is going to make fun <laughs> of me today. Uh, and then Lorenzo Carter on the... Uh, <laughs> That's the most challenging one on their entire roster. <laughs> Thank you. That's true. Um, and then Lorenzo Carter on the outside. Lorenzo Carter, if I remember correctly, was a little bit speedy coming out of college. Um, I could be wrong about that. I didn't mean to do what I just did, but he's been in the league year five. Uh, he's been in the league five years now. I can't remember how fast he is. I'll look that up. Um, and then you have the two inside linebackers, Rashawn Evans, who's actually fairly good uh, middle linebacker, and McCall Walker uh, finish up that linebacking core. Now their secondary is probably the biggest. Uh, threat minus those two defensive linemen. And I only say that because of one guy, AJ Terrell. Uh, specifically, I'm worried about him. I'm, I guess I'm not really worried about the other guys, but whatever. Is AJ Terrell the one that got traded? I, I feel like he got traded from whoever drafted him to the Falcons. I don't think so, but I'll double check that while you no, go over that second. That's somebody right? else I'm thinking about. So it's him, AJ Terrell at the one side, Darren Hall on the other. Safeties are Richie Grant and Jalen Hawkins. Uh, So uh, to me, this is a secondary that you might be able to take advantage of. Uh, But I think more so with the middle of the field, um, as there's not a a big strength there against the pass. Drafted by the Falcons. Okay. I'm thinking of another guy out of Clemson then. 20th overall. Uh, Yeah. 
Uh, special teams, Cody. We got kicker, your favorite kicker, Young Hoku. Uh, Why is he my punter, favorite Brett. kicker? Because <laughs> <laughs> his first name's fun. Young Ho? <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Number two, Bradley Pinion is the punter. Uh, long snapper, Liam McCullough. Holder, also Bradley Pinion. How weird. It's weird. like the punter's normally the holder. Uh, kick return, men. Avery Williams doubles his punt and kick return. And Corderell Patterson at kick return. This is a very good kick return unit. It is. Uh, so Corderell yeah. Patterson uh, has the most res- uh, kick return touchdowns in NFL history. So. Which is crazy to me. I thought nobody year. would ever, ever pass Devin, Devin Hester. Hester. He had a longer career. Never. He had a longer career. Corderell yeah. Patterson. Actually, I'm going to look this up now. Um, because He's 31 now. He must have been in the league probably 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Let's take a look at this real quick. Corderell Patterson. Um, yeah. When I heard that, I was like, my God. It must be that Devin Hester had probably uh, a ton of punt returns for touchdowns in his career. Not as many kick returns. Yeah, I remember probably. the number he put up was just like stupid. And people used to go off about how good Josh Cribbs was returning kicks and punts. And he was very good, but he didn't even come close to the numbers that Devin Hester put up in his career. Yeah. He was like half as many touchdowns when he got to the end of his career. Uh, so it's very impressive that Cordero Patterson uh, would catch uh, the, the very mighty Devin Hester in kick returns. Yeah, so looking at careers for both of these guys right now, um, I'm trying to see, oh, are you kidding me? They may not have, um, the kick for, they're listed as a wide receiver. So they have their wide receiver stats. Um, oh yeah. You have to go to another category for find the kick. Yeah. Kick returns. I'm looking right now. Um, kick and punt returns. That's what I want right there. Kick and punt returns. Kick and punt returns. Okay. So both these guys kick and punt return wise in their career. Uh, I'm going to give you just the numbers. You got to guess who's who. Uh, <laughs> uh, that'll give it away. <laughs> um, as soon as you say touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Just read them off. We're so, getting a little well, too much okay, dead air. I know. Here. I'm sorry. So one is one punt return for nine yards in his career. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's got to be Cordero Patterson. Yeah, he doesn't do punt returns. The other one is uh, 315 punt returns for 14 touchdowns. Yeah, there and it is. Then, so that's why I thought nobody would ever catch him. Yeah, and kick return touchdowns, uh, one of them has five, one of them has nine. So. Oh, I didn't realize that Hester only had five kick returns for touchdowns. Yep, it's all the punt return touchdowns for him, hmm. so. 14 is insane though, bro. 14 is what 13 of those were with <laughs> Chicago for eight years. And then one in Atlanta. And then he played for Baltimore. Oh, that's and ironic. Seattle. Yeah, I know. Very ironic. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the career length for both these guys, Devin Hester was eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years for eight. Probably years. less for Patterson. 10 at this years. Point. Yeah. He's only yeah. 10 years. So impressive. Just a better kick return, man. He just didn't do punt returns. Yeah. Yeah, which makes sense. So I'm almost more surprised that Devin Hester didn't go into the Hall of Fame his first year of eligibility, though. Oh, I agree. That's shocking to me. Especially yeah. the first player I mean, to ever return an opening kickoff in a um Super Bowl production. Was it Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah. And then they lost. Nuts. 
<laughs> it wasn't his fault. Nope. <laughs> uh, so now that we've got the Falcons roster out of the way, we've got the injury report out of the way, we want to talk to you guys about what we believe our three keys to success will be for Pittsburgh to come away from this game with a big W and a little momentum, some back-to-back wins. We're riding on two out of the last three games being wins right now. Uh, Kenny's got zero turnovers in the last three weeks. Don't worry, I just knocked on wood, so we're good on Thank that. You. Uh, but there's so much momentum going in the right direction. The run game has been tremendous the last three weeks. There's a lot of positives to build on off of what's going on right now. Uh, so even though the season really doesn't feel great because it's four and seven right now as a record, I'll feel a little better if Pittsburgh goes five and seven. So I'm going to tell you how they can do it. Number one for me, my number one key to success. Will the number three wide receiver please stand up? We don't know who it is right now, man. Gunner's trying to win the job. Steven Sims is trying to win the job. Uh, Miles Boykin is a better special teamer than either one of them as far as coverage. Uh, It kind of looks to me like Steven Sims is probably the leading candidate right now, but I need one of these guys to step up and have a big game and show us that they can be the number three receiver down the final stretch here in the rest of this season. Uh, so that's my number one key. Whoever the number three receiver tr- tries to be, uh, I think Steven Sims is, is the, the one that should be the most dynamic with his with the ball in his hands, the best ability to make people miss quickest in short area, probably the best speed too. Uh, so let's see that be Steven Sims, but please stand up, whoever you are, number three wide receiver. Number two, it's like I'm at the, the Thanksgiving Day dinner but instead of asking for seconds on stuffing, I want more James Pierre, please. Put okay. some more James Pierre on my plate. I like what I saw out of him last week, reading that play to get the interception. Uh, much better in coverage than what we've seen out of Arthur Mollett. Uh, so in the third and long and the heavy passing down situations, I want to see James Pierre out there. Uh, so that's my request for number two reason on how we can win. Number three. Stop their run game. This team loves to run the ball. We saw a little bit of late game struggles last week against the Colts. Uh, They started to get some success running the ball against us. It's going to be exceedingly important in the second half of the season. A lot of run heavy teams with the Ravens a few times. Uh, Again, the Browns coming up again. Uh, In this Falcons team this week, we have got to be able to stop the run. If you can make them one-dimensional, I like our chances against Marcus Mariota if you force him to pass it. Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. I love those um, for sure. So my things for this team, my three keys to success against the Atlanta Falcons, number one, our offense needs to move the ball and control the clock again. Um, When you look at specifically – um, for the Atlanta Falcons, excuse me, I'm looking at their stats right now as a whole. Um, total yards wise, they're only at 3,700, almost 39. Their opponents are at 46. Teams that Woo. beat them consistently hold the ball longer, have longer drives, games like things like that. So they need to hold on to these drives. They need to make the drives last time, not go down. Don't get me wrong, I'd be happy if we scored one play touchdown every time. But you got to keep our defense off the field to make sure they're rested and come back on. Now, moving to the defensive side of the ball, I think Pittsburgh needs to come out and sack Atlanta heavily. I want to see Pittsburgh leave this game with four or five sacks. Um, 
the teams against Atlanta only have 17 sacks. Atlanta as a whole has 27 sacks. So uh, teams haven't been sacking Marcus Mariota very often, which is actually kind of impressive um, given the fact that he is a mobile quarterback and sometimes you can kind of rally them a little bit more in the backfield. Uh, and then the last thing that I want to look at is I specifically want Pittsburgh to, again, I don't, I don't, you used this one last week, win the turnover battle. Um, I want to see turnovers again. The turnover ratio for Atlanta is only negative one. They're surprisingly a team that uh, if they turn the ball over, they typically get it back. Uh, they're not super negative in that turnover ratio. So I want to see Pittsburgh come out and destroy the turnover ratio against this team. And, and hopefully we have zero and like giveaways and that we get, you know, our takeaways are four or five. So that's my <laughs> ma three main things. Again, if you, if you combine even two of those, if you combine the turnovers with holding the clock, uh, that typically is the number one way to lead, uh, to lead a win. I'm curious to see what the record all time would be, uh, for teams that, uh, won the turnover battle and the clock management. I'm curious what their record would be. So those are my three keys to it's success. Probably Probably a pretty good record, I bet. It better be. I would be shocked if it wasn't. <laughs> uh, so, again, thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bell. It is free. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Peace. Peace.